Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode 68 of ADHD for Smartass Women. I am going to start today by reading an Apple podcast review from Karen Duane in the United States. I am so appreciative for your review, Karen, and so I want to acknowledge you. And here goes. Her title is Love This Podcast. I found out when I was 30, I had ADHD. I am now 51. I have been an employee at two mental health offices. I have worked 10 years at the current office. I have learned more about myself from this podcast than from any doctor or therapist. And believe me, I've seen many, either professionally or at work. I am so glad that I found you. I highly recommend this podcast to everyone, even if you don't have ADHD. It will help you understand someone you know that has ADHD, or you just might realize that you may have ADHD. My husband has listened to a few with me, and he gets it now. We've been together 34 years, and he could never understand why I behave the way I do. For instance, how can I sit on the couch in tears wanting to clean the house but don't know where to start? He didn't understand when I would tell him, please, just tell me where to start. Or when I can't make a decision about something and I'm practically in tears begging him to make it for me. Otherwise, I'm going to spend hours or days, depending on what it is, to finally make that decision. He is not at all ADHD. He's very analytical. He's always into something. He's never had to study in school, and he's still got straight A's. He is always learning. There is nothing he can't do. If he doesn't know how, he reads about it or watches a YouTube video, and he knows. Therefore, he is truly dumbfounded when I am frozen on the couch because I don't know where to start. Now he is finally starting to understand. Thank you for doing this podcast. P.S. Having ADHD and OCD together makes life even more challenging. Thank you so much, Karen Duane, for your kind comments. I really appreciate the fact that you took the time to write your review and post it. So last week I did a podcast on my belief that everything starts with our thoughts. So we start with our thoughts and then our thoughts control our feelings, our emotions. And based on what we're feeling, based on what our emotions are, that's what dictates our actions. And then based on how we act, we get certain results. 
So if you want to change your results, you start with changing your thoughts. And I applied it to everything that is going on in our world and our country right now with the coronavirus. I felt like maybe I complicated things a bit. So today I want to simplify and I just want to talk about how to train your ADHD brain to deal with fear. And this is going to be a very short podcast in part because I'm trying to make it very simple because I want you to be able to apply this concept today if you're struggling with your emotions. Now, I've said it before, I'm a huge Abraham Hicks fan. You know, I've never considered myself to be particularly spiritual or about the woo. In fact, not at all. And I have to tell you again that when I first read about Abraham Hicks, even five chapters into the first book that I ever read of hers, I was thinking, this is kind of nuts. But I don't know what it was. Something just kept me going. And I can truthfully say this was, oh, I don't know, probably four years ago. And so today, what I can truthfully tell you is that Abraham Hicks has changed my brain. You know how I talk about neuroplasticity and how our brains can actively adapt and change throughout life? Well, Abraham Hicks has done that for me. I've always been one of those make lemonade out of lemons kind of people, but I have to tell you when my ADHD kicked in at midlife, I definitely became less of that person. I felt totally out of control and that my brain just started doing whatever the hell it wanted to do. I almost felt like I suddenly had a new brain that I had to retrain and I had to learn how to be the expert on that new brain. So I'm going to include some links to some basic Abraham Hicks videos. I just ask that you give them a shot because had I not discovered Abraham Hicks and stuck with it for a period of time, I think I would have had a much more difficult go of understanding the brain that I have today. And so because of that, I give Abraham Hicks full credit. So let's start. When you are feeling fear, go to your thoughts first. There is something out of alignment. It's that simple. You need to change your thoughts because your thoughts are out of alignment, right? Obviously, if a mountain lion is chasing you, that's a different situation. Here, I am talking about fear of the unknown or the uncertain. You know, when you're getting in your head and you're thinking, 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 and you really don't know how whatever it is that you're worried about is going to turn out. You know, it's like standing on a balance beam for the first time. First time you're on it, it's really scary. You haven't practiced it before. You could very easily fall off and break something. It's high off the ground. And when you feel that fear, when you don't feel stable, it's the same thing. Get off the damn balance beam. So you might say, well, see, my fear is keeping me safe. There is a reason I am fearful of being on that balance beam. This is a bad place. This just scares me to death. So then I would respond in the same way. Get off it and go somewhere that's not quite as scary. Get a coach. Start practicing one foot off the floor. Begin to train yourself. And it's the same thing as these fearful thoughts that you're thinking. Go someplace with your thoughts that doesn't feel quite as scary. That's your inner guidance system, those thoughts, that fear. It's your intuition telling you you need to go somewhere else. Start learning how to trust it because it wants the best for you, better than anyone. And it knows your value and it knows the value of those around you. So you say, I'm afraid. I feel fear. 
Well, that's an emotion, right? That fear, that feeling of being afraid. But you're not doing anything about changing or redirecting your thoughts, which is where your feelings and your emotions come from. That fear that you're feeling is like that buzzer, you know, that goes off every time you open an emergency exit by accident or maybe not by accident. What that emergency exit buzzer is saying is you're going in the wrong direction. It's providing you guidance. So when you feel fear, go in the opposite direction of that feeling of fear. You have this internal rudder that's telling you what to do next. Pay attention to how you feel. Look for the feeling that is the absolute opposite of that feeling of fear that you're feeling, okay? And then I want you to go in that opposite direction. Get off the balance beam. Close the emergency exit. Fear is just information that you're not moving in the right direction. As we were talking about last week, you know, we worry about things we have no control over and we're worried because we don't like uncertainty. Of course, we can always find something to worry about and we can always find something that makes us feel good, right? It's just a matter of tuning ourselves to one of these. And doesn't it make sense to tune yourself to that which makes you feel good? Again, what we focus on, it just gets bigger. As I said last week also, when we find one thing to focus on that makes us feel better, then we know there are more things right there that we can focus on to feel even better than that. We're always reaching for the better feeling. So I feel better thinking about X. And then you move to, I feel even better thinking about Y. And then from there, you can feel even better than that by thinking about Z. You're constantly reaching for the better feeling. Okay, so that's the first step. But over time, you might discover that you're managing to control your thoughts by not venturing anywhere and just trying like hell to control your environment to the point that you're not exposed to anything that doesn't feel good. It's so narrow that you're not experiencing any life out of fear of feeling fear because you've totally walled yourself off from any thoughts or ideas that might make you not feel good. But then when heaven forbid you do something that doesn't feel good, you're totally out of control again, right? So many people are controlling their environment to the point that they feel that their happiness is dependent on how much they can control their environment. And I'm sure many of you might have been experiencing this recently, right? You thought you were in control. You were controlling your environment. Everything seemed okay. And then some circumstance outside your control messes it all up. Maybe something like the coronavirus, right? And then you're in an out-of-control tizzy. What happens is we train ourselves to be so sensitive to the point that we can't handle anything outside of our little area or sliver of area that we can control. Until you reach the point and just get that there's way too much in our world that we are focused on that we just can't control, you're going to be stuck because your happiness will depend on being able to control everything in life. And we know how unrealistic that is. So you will never be happy. This is why you have to pay attention to what feels good until you have it so down that all you notice are the good things that are coming into your life, 
Pretty soon you'll be so good at it that that's all that you will see, all the good stuff. And then once you get there, you're going to start adding things that maybe they don't feel so good initially. Things like, hey, the coronavirus, right? And what I want you to do is I want you to take that circumstance and envision it into a thought that you feel better with. What you're doing is you're practicing this for when you'll really need it. So instead of looking at a circumstance and going right to the problems and the negative, you're going to take that circumstance and you're going to ask, what is the opportunity? Where can I find the positive emotion? Where can I feel good here in this circumstance? Because once you can find that one area to feel positive emotion in, in that new circumstance, that's when you will start having trained yourself to be able to find it in any circumstance. Circumstances, remember, are outside of your control. You're just going to keep reaching for that better feeling. And you're going to gain so much confidence from this new realization that no matter what the circumstance, you know how to always make yourself feel better, how to make yourself feel good. And I'm not being Pollyanna here. I understand that there are awful, yucky things that happen every minute of every hour of every day in the world. I'm just saying that I'm not going to fixate on those things with my thoughts because that's not going to fix the problem at all. In fact, it's going to make me less likely to be able to fix the problem because I'm going to be in total negative emotion. And I know how my ADHD brain works. I know how the ADHD brains work. Negative emotion does not motivate us to act on anything. First, we have to find the positive emotion. This is where you will start tapping into this understanding that it's all about the journey. And right now, you may not be able to see the path, but when you realize that it's all about the journey, you understand that you don't need to be certain of the outcome because you've already decided up front that it's all part of your journey and you trust that it will all work out, that it will all be just fine because you have trained yourself to feel positive emotion despite the circumstances. There is opportunity in every circumstance. I don't care what it is. And the only freedom you will ever experience is the freedom from negative emotion. And that doesn't mean removing yourself from all potentially bad experiences or circumstances. We know that that's impossible, right? Bad stuff just happens. What it means is training your brain so that it's capable of tuning yourself to what's good in every experience. And look around you at your friends and family. You totally know who is stuck in the doom and gloom and the sky is falling and the negative emotion mindset. And then you can see who's always looking for the opportunities, the learning experiences, the positive emotion, regardless of the circumstances. I want you to compare their results. From their results, you know what their thoughts were. You know, it's hard to be around people who don't practice gratitude, who are always looking at the worst case scenario, who are trying to control everything, who live their lives in fear. You don't need to be part of all their negative emotion. And that starts with pulling yourself out of it and looking for those thoughts that feel good and the rest will all fall into place. So that's what I have for you this week. As always, 
You're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you like this podcast, please let us know by leaving us a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly learn how their ADHD brains work so that they can discover their amazing strengths. And your reviews really help in that regard. For me, they're like those little gold stars we used to get on our work when we were kids. One more thing, if you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, you can go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com and leave me an audio message, or reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.